This is the Working Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tony of Woodland Iron, joined by Keith of Blackthorn Concepts and Chad of Chad's Custom Creations. What's going on, boys? Howdy, howdy. How are you? Good. This is a very exciting episode, everyone. This is going to be <laughs> the reveal of the Make What You Fear challenge. And right at the top of the episode, I want to let everyone know, if you are interested in seeing us or seeing the participants that we are talking about, you can see that on Spotify. You can go ahead and watch it. Keep it in your pocket. And if you hear us talking about something interesting, you can pull it out, look at the app, and you'll be able to see the video feed as well. Or you can just follow along on Instagram or we will post the full-length video on Instagram as well. With all that said, we also want to thank our patrons at the top of the episode before we get into the competition itself. Yes, sir. Um, so we'll go through the list here. Good Odyssey underscore Stan, the Etsy Boys, Christy of Twisted Twine, Annette of 513 Woodworks, Hot Iron Metalworks, Too Many Mistakes, Full Steam Designs by Chris Powell, Lillian Archer Photography, David Beck with Makes, NB Woodfinery, and then our top tier we have Eastpoke Studios, Danelle Smith Christian, Artigino Sorio, Brian Drennan, Lawrence of Maritime Knife Supply.com, Ed Johns, Uncle Sam Metalworks, Green Street Joinery, and then we have two new patrons, which are Vincent Ferrari. And Brian Housework of uh, Workfort Podcast. Thanks, everyone. Oh, the Workfort Podcast. Yeah. Vincent is over at uh, Because We Make. Uh, we'd also like to thank our sponsor, Sabretooth, for sponsoring every episode that we have. Um, you can use code WH to get 10% off your carving burrs. If you head on over to sabretooth.com, we would appreciate it if you give us uh, some feedback on that one. Also, before we get into anything, we would like to uh, thank all the sponsors of the competition. For one, we have Sabretooth, uh, Waffle Beaver, Bryce, the Waffle Beaver himself, has given us prizes, Vesting USA, Total Boat, Maritime Knife Supply, CCW Router Sleds, the Working Hands Podcast, O'Keefe's Working Hands, as well as the Maker Camp. Thank you all. It has been great. We had a... Fantastic turnout for the competition, wouldn't you say, boys? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking at our stats here, and we have have over 50 entries, not including the three of us. Um, there's more than 389 posts on Instagram, and I believe there's also three YouTube videos that have been produced for the Make What You Fear Challenge as well. Uh, Keith, do you think it would be a good idea to give like a quick summary of what the Make What You Fear Challenge is for any new listeners? I do, Chad. Oh. <laughs> Go on, then. Oh, you want me to give it? Okay. Uh, the Make What You Fear <laughs> Challenge was uh, the brainchild of Tony here, and it is to... Oh, I uh, get all the blame, do I? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody it's, has to. It's a good name. <laughs> now, we came up with it together, but uh, the idea of the competition was Tony. But we did... Um, it, it was to get out of your comfort zone and work with a medium you don't typically work with. So broad strokes, you could do whatever you want as long as it's not in a medium you work with. So if you're a woodworker, you could try metalworking, plastic, cardboard, whatever you wanted. Um, so on and so forth. If you're a metalworker, try wood, leather, plastic, whatever. So 
whatever you haven't worked with in the past, feared working with, any of that stuff. It's not so much about making anything scary, uh, which a lot of people thought it was, but it's getting out of your comfort zone. Um, fantastic turnout, like Chad said. We had a ton of people following, talking about it, posting their stories that they wanted to do it, and they did it. A lot of people did it. So if you didn't play along, stick around. Maybe we will get you on our next channel, which will be something different. I'm sure. Right, Tony? Yeah, we'll come up with something, I'm sure. So I guess we'll go over uh, a ton of people. I mean, there was a lot of entries. Some people did multiple projects to get in. Um, so we, if we don't mention you, that's okay. We probably mentioned you in the past. So our catalog, we tried to mention everyone as we were leading up to today. Uh, crescendo is now, so we have more than what we could begin to talk about. So, um, we're just going to talk about some honorable mentions that we found for people that really pushed themselves. And then towards the end, we will announce who we're giving prizes to. How's that sound boys? Yeah, that sounds really good. And I, I, again, I think the disclaimer is. We spent a lot of time going through the hashtag, trying to make sure that we gave everyone a fair look. Some people started, some people didn't finish. That's really not a big factor. Some people started the challenge back in January and we never heard from them again. And we were conscious of that. Um, we are just three normal people here. We're going to try to do the best that we can do. But uh, just remember, we are human as well. We're just going to give this our best shot and try to include as many like people as possible. It doesn't sound like we have the same. <laughs> yeah, if it doesn't sound like we have the same rapport, it's just because we argued for about an hour and a half leading up to this recording to get to where <laughs> we're at as to the who's yeah. who at the end. But we fleshed it all out. We <laughs> it's that's normal, normal for we us. We all though. come to an agreement. <laughs> um. If you're at this stage and you think you don't want to listen to a podcast about a challenge, I would stick around. We're going to try and describe um, every item that people did in a quick way. So, But you can watch it. We'll try and bring up as many projects as we can on screen here as well. Any other housekeeping news before we move on? Uh, I'm sure there will be more housekeeping that I'll remember later on in the episode. But for now, should we jump into I some of I do want to our... say this. Uh, you can rate and review us on 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 Apple if you'd like. You could share the show with a friend. Obviously, this is a special episode, and if you didn't enter, you probably don't want to listen. I I say you should because it should be a pretty good time. Um, but rate, review, and share the the show with a friend. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Who's first, Chad? First person we have to look at is going to be. Well, do you want to go over some of the other ones we're not bringing up? Nah, let's just get into it. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm questioning my entire life. No, I'm just, I'm trying to uh, work two computers here, so. Yeah, Keith is uh, our main multitasker. He's got two computers working the screen capture all at the same time. So, Keith, go ahead and pull something up for me and Tony to look at here. We're going to pull up Vincent Ferrari. Ooh. Handmade by Vincent Ferrari. This is a, um, he made cornhole boards, which as anyone could know, he, he has worked a wood before, but these are hand painted, which is pretty impressive paint job on these things. Yeah, he's got the lines pretty, uh, pretty crisp. Yeah. 
you know, reading through his description, Vincent has a lot of experience with a lot of different materials. So like working with wood or um, like normal paint is not something new for him. So he, he was really struggling with coming up with something for the challenge. Um, but it really came down to the fact that he was able to hand paint the logos on these and they look fabulous. I mean, it, it looks like to me looking at it from yeah. here, it looks like it was cut out on a vinyl machine. Really? It looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Vincent, he's a Renaissance man. So he dabbles in a little of everything. So he had a, he had to get down to paint. I can, I can side with that as a guy who entered a painting project into his make what you fear. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. Cornhole boards can be tricky too. I don't know if you guys have ever cut out the six inch holes. It's a good way to break your wrist. Have you ever done that with That's a, if you do it with a hole saw. With a hole saw. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I've I've been there. I've absolutely been there. You're supposed uh, to put the handle on the drill. Oh, that's what that was for. I threw it away when yeah. I first got that. Yeah. I didn't know where it went. Went with my <laughs> angle grinder guard. Oh. The next uh, the next one we're going to bring up here is Annette over at 513 Woodworks. Oh, we got a video playing here. Let's we have a video a... playing. She did, uh, she dried flowers and then um, she encased them in, I think, two sheets of glass that is wrapped with some copper soldering around the outside. Yeah, Almost like a she, put, so, she put copper down glass. first and then soldered. Yeah, so it's kind of like a stained glass piece, but she used that as a frame to frame in her dried flowers. It came out pretty cool. You know, yeah, I like it. Material selection. Yeah, it's really neat how the, the flowers kind of float in space with there being no matting or any um, paper behind it. It just gets to float on wherever it is. It's really neat to see yeah. her using those new materials as well, like soldering like that. I've, I didn't even know you could do it that way. Um, it reminds me of stained glass, kind of. I believe that's how they do stained glass now, right? Put down the copper tape down and they solder over top? I don't know. I, I think all stained glass now is made out of epoxy. <laughs> Maybe. Then it's epoxy. <laughs> You're going to make some people mad saying that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how it was done before, but before it used to be lead, I think, instead of the... Uh, yeah. But yep. next up, we're bringing up, and I apologize if I pronounce your name wrong. Langer Works. Yeah, this is Langer Works. So he was using some new materials. He's using, um, I think it's crystal clear epoxy or something like that. And he he formed a mallet out of it. And on the inside, he's put a little uh, 1957 Bel Air. Oh, it's a Bel Air. It's a Bel Air. And he turned the handle on the lathe, I believe. So he made a big piece of stock on that and then turned it down. It was cool to see that he was able to use the the pieces of the leftover for Easter and his Easter baskets. And I'm, I'm blown away with how clear he got his epoxy. I don't know if he used a vacuum or a pressure pot or anything for that. But, oh, look at the, uh, go back one. Go back. I think for, I think for epoxy, you would have to pressure pot, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what pressure. people say. Look at how the the beveled edges on the sides of the mallet mirror the image yeah, of the car. That is so freaking cool. Yeah, that's clear. That's really clear. I missed that and earlier. That's a cool shot. If you're not watching the video, uh, he uses it as a mallet, which is pretty impressive in the video. I don't know what he's hitting there. Do you? That's a block it's of ice. Just block of ice. All right. Well. 
He's still hitting stuff with it. <laughs> smashy, smashy. That's cool. It is a next up. We're gonna have um, Adrian over at Hickory Homestead Creations. Tony, you want to describe this one for us? So we got a glass tile and ground table with coasters and uh, some glitter into the grout. Yeah, I think she called it the holographic. Oh, holographic. Holographic Sorry, glitter, <laughs> galaxy glitter to the grout. I think it's that micro powder that you can put in epoxy. And uh, it's really cool because she's never worked with, like, tile work or glass or anything like that before. So it's, it's again, I, I love that we're seeing people step outside of their comfort zone and creating things with materials that they have no experience with. And I think it came out great. looks really nice. I like the rainbow effect she did on it and how the top and the drawer match with the colors. Do you have any pictures of the coasters as well? Uh, I think it's on that carousel. I wanted to see what size the glass she cut down for those. For anyone listening that is not watching the video, that's fine. And you want to check these out later, just go to the hashtag, make what you fear. You can find all the participants in there. Yeah, there's the coasters. They look awesome. I'm not sure what she used for the, the base of the coasters. I don't know if they were pre-made. Looks like plywood. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Like plywood. I could be wrong. It looks like plywood. Next up, we have somebody we want to mention here. Um, Benjamin. At uh, BL Mullins, Tony. Yeah, so he uh, he's making a, he made a knife out of a out of a file, and uh, from what we gathered, he didn't finish it to the point that he wanted to. But we just wanted to mention him because of uh, he's decided. Well, he decided to join our competition, and this is his first ever knife build. And he's decided to become an ABS apprentice. So I thought that was kind of a something we wanted to mention and kind of a big deal. That is a crazy journey he's going to be. That's yeah, a, so. that's a big step. That's awesome to hear. I was watching his his um, videos this morning, hearing him talk about it, and I don't know if you can find the picture of the knife with the handle on it, but it looked like he got to the point where he just yeah, that, there it is right there. He's so close. Yeah, he's super he's close. close. He just needed to get the handle shape uh, filed down. And I mean, he, he was in my book, he grew as a person. And really, that's 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 what's the whole challenge was about. And it's good to hear kind of his journey and how it got him to um, kind of step out and do some things that he's never done before. Yeah. In all honesty, he has a knife there. It may not be finished to his standards, but he made a knife. It's handled. Uh, it's got a blade on it, sharpened. He's cutting with it. So, he made a knife. He says he didn't finish. I say he finished. And he did a fantastic. Yeah. I'd like to see more of it. Yeah, I can't wait to see this thing finished. Keep posting in that hashtag, Benjamin, because I want to see the finished product. Definitely. But, pretty cool. He started his whole workshop, I think, recently, right? He's working outside. Yeah, I heard yeah, him talking was... about the rain, where if it's raining, he can't work, so. <laughs> yeah, that's why he had to call it quits, because he had to work. He got called into work. He got a rainstorm in the morning, and then he got called into work, so he couldn't finish it yesterday. Mm. Definitely makes it tough. Next up, we have the one and only Grant Alexander. Dad, you want to explain? Yeah, absolutely. So Grant um, has this harmonica from 
I guess his childhood, I think he even showed like a like an old child or baby picture of him holding it. And he wanted to learn a few new skills. So he got into Fusion 360, learned how to model up in there. And with his 3D printer, he was able to print out a stamp for a leather case that's going to go on the harmonica. And he did a, what do you call it when you get the leather wet and you press it? Wet molding? Debossing. Yeah, wet yeah. molding. Debossing, wet molding. There's the baby picture. Oh, yeah, he wet, oh great. He, he wet molded he wet molded around the harmonica to to hold the form of the harmonica. Huh, spoken like a true leather maker. That's what that's everything I meant to say. And uh big props to him because he didn't only just create this, but he also put out a YouTube video, and that's something that I definitely appreciate because I know how much work can go into creating videos like that. So Grant, you did a great job. And in one of the videos, he plays the harmonica. Oh, yeah. So make sure you have your sound on, kids. Very well done, Grant. Next up, we have uh, Walt Peter, Walter Peters. He's got a continuous tube chair uh, with a, well, he calls it a fun steel and wood furniture build. He's got a continuous tube going from the floor all the way up and the holds the back of the chair just one piece so it kind of snakes around for anyone yeah. listening it's like one tube that he bent at a 90 bent at a 90 so he makes like a square on the ground or a u-shape on the ground and then yeah. it comes up straight up like from the left like like on the front left and then it, it comes up to the seat height goes to the right and then it goes up again halfway to your armrest and the armrest goes back and then Cuts back and holds the back. It's pretty impressive that you can not tip over. This. Yeah, it reminds me of all these like tensegrity <laughs> tables, things that look like they shouldn't be able to support themselves, but somehow it works. And you told me yeah. Walter Peters, his main thing is photography. Is that right? Uh, I know him as a photographer, yes. So it's really cool to see. I mean, this this looks hard to make. If I, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to make something like that and... I kind of, I'm kind of a full-time maker. I mean, he's having to cut these 45 degrees on that, the big pipe and welding them together, getting them square to one another, having them support. Very impressive. Next up, we have another fun build. Uh, this is Steve over at Making at Home. And Steve has made a arcade, a cocktail style arcade game. So it's a bar height card game table but in the top he's done a 32 inch monitor in there and then he has the controls that are linear actuated i think mm -hmm. yeah i don't know how it comes down but it comes down and the controls come out from i guess what you would consider the apron of the table yeah so if you just look at the table it looks like a black glossy top table but then when you turn it on, that top is a computer screen, and you can play all the old games. I guess he has, like, an emulator in there. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really impressive. I remember talking about Steve earlier on when he started, and hearing his plan for this, I was just like, there's no way he's going to get this done in time. And I think he was able to get this final post posted out the day before the deadline. Is that right? The day of the deadline. We were on the... If you don't know the Maker Stoop, the, the, you should. But we were on the Maker Stoop, and I was talking to 
Nick Brim and a couple other people, and it was coming up to midnight at his time. Jeez. And I hadn't seen the final post. And Steve had reached out a couple days earlier. He was like, uh, what if I don't make it? I'm like, then you don't make it. <laughs> so we were all joking. And then me and Nick were talking on the stoop last night, and he's like, I don't know if he's going to make it. And I was like, he's got 17 minutes left. And sure enough, as we're talking about it, we all get the notification that he posted. Wow. We were laughing. It's incredible. Yeah. It's quite a feat. I, I'm super impressed that one person was able to pull that off in that short amount of time. Very slick. That looks good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I think that's the kind of guy that I need to come to call in to have me get my shed turned into Tony Stark's uh, workshop. I think if Steve came down here, he'd make my shed pretty sweet. Yeah, it's so so. It's always good to be an engineer. Have an engineer in your corner. Next up, we have Austin over at high caliber high caliber craftsman builds. Chad, you want to explain this one? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm thinking, right? We this is another fellow podcaster. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Making yep. our way. Making our I? way. Yeah, so we've had quite a few other podcast hosts, but this is um, Austin over at High Caliper Craftsman Builds, and uh, <laughs> sorry, quite a mouthful Word. there, Austin. Words are hard. <laughs> well, he has his account, High Caliber Craftsman, too, but High Caliper Craftsman Builds, I believe, is his personal page. Oh, okay, I got you. So he took some some hickory, which is some beautiful looking wood, and made a tabletop, and then he did a, a welding project on the base here. <laughs> Got, is it two-inch tubing? Is that what I'm seeing there? That'd be my guess. I'm not sure. Yeah. Looks pretty stoked. Yeah, it looks nice and strong. And I know he, he built all this from, from raw materials. He did a good job of keeping keeping the hashtag alive and keeping us updated with the story the entire way through. And it's really cool to see somebody take raw materials and turn it into a heirloom piece that they'll be able to keep in their house for a, for a very long time. And it came out really great looking. Yeah, he's yeah, one who did a lot of stories on this build. Mm-hmm. Felt like every day we were um, kept in the loop on this project. <laughs> Definitely. Look at the way the hickory like it. has the sapwood. It, it reminds me a lot of like like walnut would be, but it's like a lighter version. Yeah, I've never worked with hickory. Have you guys ever worked with hickory? No, I've only worked with premium pine. Seriously? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I had American chestnut recently. I, I work with the best stuff over here. But you can see Austin using hand tools, welders. I mean, he used it all in this project. It's really cool to see him um, stretching his abilities to to create this piece. I thought it was funny when he said, uh, I was was like, what are you going to finish it with at at one point? And he's like, "Uh, Rubio Monocode or something. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's like, I don't know. It's just the recommendation I got. (laughs) 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 So it it. It was fun to watch him build that. He had hand tools and everything. For a guy who doesn't woodwork, he certainly had a lot of woodworking tools. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Austin. All right. So might be might be like most of us and kind of a gear junkie. Yeah, yeah. I don't do much with metal, but I have a ton of stuff there. All right. Next up we have, have Corey Stanley over at Odyssey Stan. Odyssey underscore Stan. Tony, you want to explain this one? Oh, let me let me take this Dad? one. Me and me and Corey are <laughs> like minded. So Corey does a lot of CNC digital fabrication kind of stuff. Um, he recently got one of those Phantom CNCs, and oh, so beautiful. 
but he's been making these bar height tables for in kind of like a Viking style. And he wanted to include some elements that he's never worked with before. He wanted to do some metal edge banding around the shield portion, which would be the tabletop of what he's made. And the bases, uh, these different axes that work as the legs, and then the tabletop is the shield. And he got some, what was it? It was angle iron, right? And he cut it up yep. with an angle grinder. Somehow yeah. he was able to wrap that angle iron all the way around this big diameter shield. Uh, he cut these kind of triangular shapes out with the angle grinder and wrapped it around. And then he even bought a welder for the challenge itself. Used that welder for the first time. Welds look about as good as my welds look. Corey, I think we have a little work to do. <laughs> but uh, he got it cleaned up with the grinder. And uh, really having that wood and metal together on that shield really brings the whole thing together. He did a great job. Yeah, Corey, there is no mistaking in that weld that... That you were not a welder. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots I don't, fired. I don't blame him. He was using that wooden form to keep it in shape, and I'm just glad he didn't catch the wood brilliant. on fire. Yeah, it is brilliant. I did think that was brilliant. Yeah, He's that's like, good. that's a lot of work. You know, I was talking to him about it. He's like, that's a lot of work to get that done, because I asked him if he was going to do it on all his tables. And I said, well, it's a lot less work if you just cut out triangular tabs and then weld them on. And he goes, yeah. have you seen my welds? That's not going to happen. I said, you'll get more proficient with welding. You'll be okay. But we'll see what happens in the future. But if you don't check out his stuff, these tables are pretty. I mean, we're talking about the metal band that he does, but the tables he makes are pretty cool with the axe. Is it all Viking themed? I, I, I would yeah, I think it's Viking themed. He it's was like, at a, seems to be, yeah. He was at a festival recently. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I, I don't want to call it a Viking table. I know he's at the Viking festival, but it's like axe legs. I don't know if you described it. I was doing something with the page, but oh yeah, I forgot to say it's all flat pack as well. So like the legs just slide into one another, and the tabletop goes right on top. So um, I'm not quite sure of his business plan, but I mean, this is a great business that he's running here because shipping these tables would be super easy the way he's designed these. Really incredible. I might have to steal that from you. <laughs> Everyone hold there on. We go. The bootjack tables are so on this, their way. This is the one episode you can see the disgust on my face. <laughs> <laughs> and mine, too. I just don't say as much. <laughs> I like the video. I feel like you guys are being more cordial towards me. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to take away from any of our participants. The All after right, show's next, coming. We have Brian House over at housemade.us. Yeah. Brian, another... if you follow him or have been following along with Brian, he has been developing for the past four months a forge. Maybe three by the time he got going, right? Three months? But he's developed a forge. In a while, Tony, yeah. you want to ex explain the forge as you know the most about forges? So what he's designed here is a flat packable forge. So that's his intent is to be able to ship this out to anybody that needs one. It's um, He's got a ribbon burner design with it, which he's talked about actually building a mold that he can ship out with it. And then, and then you can mold your own, uh, your own burner with it. And uh, yeah, he's been prototyping and, Doing a few things with it, and he looks like he's got a pretty solid offering there now. So, looks pretty good. 
Wish it wish something like this was around when I was first starting. It would have saved me a lot of time. Yeah, it does look kind of cool. Yeah, it's yeah. been been really cool hearing the the development of the entire thing itself. I know one of the big things he was going for is efficiency and really helping people out with the, a lesser use of propane um, with like a standard forge that you might buy from somewhere else. Yeah, he's been getting a lot of help from uh, some very smart people around that have built forges, and he's it's uh, it's it's coming along. It's it's a it's a solid build. I'm actually. Sorry, Brian, but I'm going to steal your door idea. I'm putting doors like that on my forge because I've been trying to figure out something to so I could have a sliding door. And once I saw that with the way he's got it with uh, refractory in a metal casing, yeah. and then the way that works, I yeah, I'm building them. <laughs> I'm building ones that fit my forge. So at some point, but. I'll tell you what: if this goes together as easy as this two by seventy two, it's going to be. Gonna be a game changer for a lot of forge enthusiasts out there. Yeah, so it, it doesn't weld together. It's actually uh, it bolts together. It's all threaded rod. Um, if oh, you're cool. watching the video, you can see yeah. the tops of the threaded rod, um, and it's, it's bolt all together. But then it's poured on the inside, so it's solid. Yeah. So right. the only thing he did to pour, from what I gathered, was the doors are poured, and then he does do something in the in the firebox of the forge i think he used that same stuff i did the the uh, ict 100 or itc 100 um and that's a reflective ceramic to help with efficiency so like like chad mentioned he's he is really pushing to be efficient have something that people can use and it's not gonna burn tons and tons of propane on them so and I, I recognize the uh, the blower that he's using there. That's actually the same fan system that I use for fume extraction on my lasers. Those are really quiet, so I'd be interested to to hear how the the forge sounds when it's running. Yeah, the most of your noise is going to be the burner. <laughs> oh, that's true. The burner is quite noisy, isn't it? Yeah, going to be. Um, yeah. I have like mine's a ribbon burner, similar to that, except for mine the the uh, burner comes in from the top, so. It it's pretty loud too, so but you'll like like if you watch his videos, he's been pretty diligent with showing people the. If like, you want to know more, if you want to know more, you can <laughs> check him out over at the Work for It podcast. Yes, it's very cool though. It is. Yeah, it is for sure. I made a joke to Brian. I, I told him I wasn't even able to get my project finished without putting my store on vacation mode, and somehow he's able to continue running his business and still create a brand new product and get that forge finished. And he said, oh, I live in Florida. Every day's vacation mode. <laughs> Which I don't believe. I've never seen him take a break. You also have to know, Chad, that when he needs to, he'll spend the money to get the right tool for the job. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. I'll take it. <laughs> he probably hired movers. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have a very impressive project by Patrick Henderson over at Illustrated Lefty. Takes a second to pull up here. So he made uh, a CNC lathe conversion for a metal lathe. So he made it computerized. 
Chad, do you know more about this than I do? Yeah, I mean, I can probably spit off some things that won't be that intelligent, but let's see. So, yeah, he, he's got a very basic lathe that he uses for machining because that's kind of one of his main skills. But as far as the computers and stuff goes, this is all completely new for him. So he had to get the drivers. He had to get the power supplies. He had to learn how to run the programming for it by the motors. I think they're called NEMA 24s is the motors that he put on the different axes of the lathe. I don't know what the axes on a lathe are called. I know you have the, the actual spinning axes and then you have the back and forth. Is that it? Is it two axes on a lathe? There might be more. I don't really know. I'm going to let you walk the plank on this one, Chad. Oh, I'm, I'm about in the water at this point. Uh, but you can see in the video here the amount of wiring that he had to do. And I remember listening to this video earlier. He, he talked about how um, I think he learned the hard way that some of the wires were not allowed to go into some other areas because you can end up burning up some of the components. Um, well, you have to keep it away from the rest of the board and... Like, the way he has to route it, it has to be shielded from what it has to pass to get over to the lathe. Mm. So, you learn the hard way, you gotta do things twice, but it looks to be all buttoned up and running, so he's making stuff on it, which is pretty wild. That's super cool. Very cool. I like that he kept, uh, he kept us up all the way through the beginning of this build, straight through to the end, which was fun. We watched the entire build of this. Yeah, we started the challenge January 1st, and I think he, he jumped in early January and came all the way through and kept us updated. And you can... He tried, he tried at the beginning to, uh, to do a woodworking project. That's right. all the stuff. The K-cup holder. Yeah. Yeah, he was going to do a hand tool, all hand tools, woodworking. Uh, but I guess the... His heart was at the electronics of a, doing the lathe, <laughs> so he kind of put the woodworking to the side and said electronics for this one, which is cool. It sounds kind of like someone I know who ended up doing a bunch of different projects for the Make What You Fear. Keith, you, do you know anyone like that? Jumped around from project to project? If there was a winner for the most amount of projects completed during Make What You Fear, <laughs> I think I think there is a clear winner for that. Well, we'll save that for later. This isn't about us, Keith. Stop making it about us. Yeah. <laughs> you started it, not I me. Did. Oh, man. Listen, you two. All right, so now Hatch made it. Now, Hatch made it, did a painting for his. He went to date night with his wife, and they did some painting. He did a couple paintings for his make what you fear but amongst all of that and tagged is his son got into blacksmithing he asked for a forge and an anvil for his birthday was it i believe so christmas, yeah or christmas maybe um, one or the other i can't remember a week before make what you fear um so he got into blacksmithing recently uh, over the course of the competition and he, he blacksmiths ribbons and he sells those ribbons uh, to raise money for cancer research, which is amazing. So, yeah, he's uh, made a goal of raising two thousand dollars at this point. I'm not sure where he's at, but uh, hopefully he gets there. So, what's his son's name? I don't know if he puts his son's name out there, but uh, if you don't, 
if you haven't already bought one of these ribbons, go over to Hatch Made It on Instagram. DM him and get yourself in for one of these blacksmith rhythms from his son. They're awesome. He's 12 years old. So go out and support a young maker doing some awesome stuff. It's amazing. For sure. Yes, it, yeah, it is. Yeah, I know I know Andrew had a uh, maybe some bigger plans for the challenge itself, but when this came up, I think he made the the right sacrifice and and followed along with his son and they they had that growing experience together and it's you can't go wrong with that. They're pretty wild ribbons cuz it's like um what is it? Rod not rod iron, but it's mild no, steel it's just and then mild steel, but and then it's wrapped in copper, which is awesome. Yeah, it right? looks pretty it's cool. Copper? Yep. It looks cool. Yeah, they look good. So go buy one. Go buy 10. If you can afford 10, go buy 10. They're reasonably priced. He's going to have to sell a lot to hit that $2,000 goal. And if we can beat that goal, that'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely. True spirit of the competition here, or the challenge. Next up, we have Carla Vasquez over at the the Real Black Poppy Woodworks. Tony? Ah, uh, yes, the Concrete Project. So she's made a planter out of uh, concrete and then done some uh, carving on it. And then looks like, I don't know if it's a paint or is it a dye, you know? I don't know. It's a really nice high contrast against the gray of the concrete. That looks great. Yeah, I looks like good. the color choices, whatever, if it's paint or not. She hashtag painted concrete, so I, I'm going to go with it's paint. <laughs> Okay, I didn't see that. Yeah. I love that she accented the the natural imperfections of the concrete down near the edges. I'm guessing where some air bubbles formed, and she kind of outlined yeah. it. I don't know if that's pen work or not, but it really accents the piece beautifully. I mean, it's, it's a cool style, and it's neat because she's never worked with concrete. No, she hasn't. I don't know if, I, if this takes away from what you were going for, but I see SpongeBob at the bottom of that. Oh, no. Come on. Now I can't unsee that, Keith. Don't listen to him. No, but that was intentional. So I don't know if it's in one of her posts or her stories, but when it was in the form, she said uh, the bottom will be... um, I forget what she said, but she called that stuff something. Okay. And then she's like deforming it i was like i hope she got what she wanted but <laughs> i guess that's what she wanted so that's awesome i think and it really makes now the i piece. see what it is i can't in my head and I, maybe it's just not i'm not the artist that some people are but in my head i can't see that on another piece and say oh i want to intentionally do that imperfection on something i want and then there's all these people that do it and i feel like when they're doing it they're just saying oh yeah this was intentional but th- but but Carla actually said it before she deformed hers, that she wanted that there. And mm. I always wonder, like, how do people see that? Like, what goes through their head to get that? Mm-hmm. She had a true vision for what she wanted. Yeah, maybe it's the artist brain that I don't have. Yeah, because, I mean, anyone that works with concrete would be unhappy with that finish. And uh, But it, it works for this project completely. Mm-hmm. It gives it a, a natural... A feel, uh, a sense of uniqueness, a little bit of a rustic feel, if you would. Well, I've seen a lot of benches, like when they have concrete benches, and they have that, and it's never near where the bench is. 
So I don't know if they do it intentionally. Like, is that a, I don't work with concrete. Is that a concrete thing where you don't care about the bottom? So that is like the intentional eye draw. And then the top I, part is all finished. Nice. I don't know. I think something like that, like what she's got going on there is, is probably from not vibrating the concrete down into the, if she would have hit that with a vibrator, that would, would have filled those cracks in, but it's definitely ten- intentional what she's, what she's done. It looks good. Or maybe she wanted that because she was going to carve anyway, so she was going to use that as her carving. I don't know. Carla, let me know. Turned out awesome. Yeah, we're intrigued. (laughs) It's very cool. And if you don't know, over the course of the competition, Carla had her account stolen, so the real Black Poppy Woodworks is her new account. If you used to follow Black Poppy Woodworks, the real, the period, real, period, Black poppy woodworks is now her new account um go check it out oh that's so hard to hear that give her a follow is this why recently i heard everyone reminding everyone to turn on two-factor authentication on their accounts heard a lot of makers talking about that it might have been because of her account well a lot of people a lot of people are getting it like i have two-factor on mine and i get Probably once a week. Oh, we're sorry you can't access your account. Wow. And I'm a nobody on Instagram, so they're not just going after big people. They're going after everybody. Turn on your two-factor, folks. David. David Beckwith has made a chair with leather. Chad, you want to explain this one? Yeah, sure. I remember when he he started designing it from the very get-go. I mean, us... I'm, I don't know if I can classify myself as a woodworker, but woodworkers definitely put a lot of intimidation on creating chairs. Kind of one of those projects that a lot of people will put off. And it's great to see that David jumped right into it. He started designing it out. I think it was around January sometime. He had it drawn out on some graph paper. He knew what he wanted January to do. January 9th. There it is. So very early on. He he knew what he wanted. He went and got his material I don't think he's ever welded metal or cut metal before. And it's, I mean, looking at his shape, his design, that's not a simple piece to build. I mean, there's a lot of complicated angles, a lot of strange cuts. And um, his finish on his piece looks really good. I mean, it looks professional. So, I mean, we've got materials I know he hasn't worked with is metal and leather. I think he's done woodworking in the past, but there's, there's no wood on it at all, is there? The man, the myth, the legend. Of course he's done wood. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's got wood on the, the arms? armrest. I think that's it. Everything else is wood and leather, or metal and leather. Yeah. Got a titanium welder. I've never seen that before. Not actually welding titanium, but the brand name of the welder is titanium. Whatever. Believe, These chairs are cool. Yeah. I, I believe the titaniums are at a Harbor Freight. If Ooh. I'm not mistaken but or or amazon one of the two but seemed to work well for him but this is the wood he used so he used cherry and he started with rough plank what do you call this is that i don't know if that's part of the chair so i'm gonna skip that i think it is (laughs) i think he started with a rough stock and he had to mill it down because there's the arms and that's the cherry all around started with raw materials on everything yeah chad (laughs) hey my materials were kind of raw Anyway, the finished chair. He's got a great <laughs> video when he finishes the chair. He comes <laughs> yes, in with a helmet. This is a good one. With the face guard. Protects himself. 
<laughs> David, should you describe the video that we're seeing, Keith? Sure. He checks that he has the thing on, and then and then he he asks for a beer <laughs> after he sits down. <laughs> he asks his wife for a beer. <laughs> Uh, and puts a face shield down immediately after. Smart man. Very funny. I hope we see you at at, at Maker Camp again this year. He's a funny guy. Next up, we have... Who do we have, Chad? I think we have Noah over at Smiling Wolf Workshop. Noah Spence. Now, I just want to say we had a lot of people make knives for this challenge, me included in this as well, but Noah's knife really stood out from all the others because from what we could gather, we've never seen Noah do anything with knives ever before, and the fit and finish on that knife is incredible. I mean, just the the choice of wood for the handle, the brass Corby bolts that he put in there, and then he went a step further, and he also made a sheath for it. And the sheath is incredibly complex. He's got a skull-stamped pattern into one part of the leather, and then he's got it stitched throughout. And then on the top, there's another skull complementing the stamped skulls up on the top. I don't believe he made that top skull. I'm sure he bought that from somewhere, but everything just complements everything so nicely. Noah... You really scored high as far as a really nicely made piece. That's a fantastic knife. Fantastic holster. What kind of wood is that, Chad? Do you know? Is that gotta be walnut? Yeah, I mean it's it's curly. Curly something. It's a dark dark it's brown, like, so the the crotch of the wood, you know? Hey no, this is a kid show. Kid friendly. <laughs> <laughs> But Noah started with, with uh, raw materials as well. He he doesn't have a lot of the woodworking tools like a portaband or anything like that. So he's using an angle grinder to cut out the profile for his knife. And I believe he used the Harbor Freight 1x30 to um, put his edge on his blade and everything like that. So Noah, I feel your pain after I got my knife done. I mean, I probably spent 30 plus hours trying to make mine. I, I'd be interested to know how much time it took you to get yours looking that good. I still love when he started this project. This is one of my favorite parts of it. He did. He designed it on a vintage trapper keeper. What is that? Oh my god! I might be too young for this. <laughs> you don't know what a too... trapper keeper is. But like a notebook. Think, anyway, he came up with I... a bunch of good ideas. I do want to know. <laughs> okay. I, I, I think do... I might be too young for it as well, Chad. <laughs> okay, oh I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> I hate myself right now. I do want. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to know how he does those skulls, that skull pattern. Yeah, so originally we thought it was laser work because it's so precise, but I talked to him and he said this was some kind of hand stamp that he was able to lay out. And it wasn't like a continuous stamp. I think he had to lay it out perfectly to get each skull lined up like that. I mean, it looks like it was done by a machine and he did that by hand. No, I want to know where you got this stamp. Reach out. Let me know. Very cool. We're going to go back to the final product before we move on one more time. How amazing is that thing? Who's next, Chad? Next, we have Espoke Studio. Now, Espoke Studio did lots of different things for the challenge. Um, some of it was making tooling for leather working. Some of it was doing some blacksmithing as well. So she was really, really stepping outside of her comfort zone on this. 
And uh, we just pulled up her finished piece here, and I believe she describes this as a like a hip bag or like a hip satchel or something like that. And yeah, it's a hip bag. Yep. Um, I mean the the leather work on it's beautifully done. The, I think it's all hand stitched, and she's got those I don't know what the forks are called that put the holes in, but she had to hammer all that in. And she as well did a good job of keeping us updated with the stories on reels and Instagram and things like that. What's that tool there called? A leather... stitching pony. Stitching pony. So she got a little woodworking as well, and she made that out of walnut. So you know you're high class when you're making woodshop tools out of walnut. (laughs) Yeah. For a challenge. Running it on the table saw. This is the vice vice build, is it? Uh, Yeah, the stitching pony. This is where she makes the stitching pony. I keep thinking of it as a vice, but yeah, you're right. He routers it up. Some hand tool work in there. That's oh, what happen, oh. happens when you don't procrastinate like the rest of us. <laughs> well, if you read her last post, she procrastinated a little bit. Yeah, she acts like she waited till the last minute, but she, she knows what she was doing. She was building suspense. She had it all <laughs> planned out. I can tell just from her craftsmanship. She was crafting the story as well. Wow, I happen to have some inside knowledge on this one and she was uh she was putting it off till the end afraid to do it (laughs) but she made that stamp too for the leather which was pretty wild yeah so that steps into my realm uh digital fabrication she used a cnc to carve out some hdpe to create um a stamp that she could press into her leather satchel and that logo looks great i don't know if you know if she designed the logo herself or not but it's so simplistic but i I just love how it complements the shape of the bag she did not design the logo herself that's okay (laughs) i'm glad you know just so everyone knows you know what i don't that part of that logo i don't know if that was her or not but that's only like her half logo. She's got like a Medusa for her full logo. Mm-hmm. That's right. But yeah. She used a book press to press it in, which I thought was pretty ingenious. Really cool pretty tools. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And I think we glossed over the fact, but she also went to the Hammer Inn at the Maker Camp and did some oh, blacksmithing yeah. she started forging for the first time, yeah. Yeah, so that didn't come yep. into her final product, but it was cool to see that she was growing throughout the uh, the challenge period as well, well. She entered that. She entered it into the Make What You Fear project. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Who's up next? Next is Andrizzy Makes. Andrizzy Makes. I can't come back in. He's got a couple things. Yeah, he actually started a maker page. Instagram handle because of the challenge. So this is a brand new maker to Instagram then. Yep. Yep. And he's got a, access to a lot of f- different fireman gear. Uh, the first one that we're looking at here is a umbrella holder. And he made this from, I think it's the oxygen tank that like a fireman would put on their back. Tony would know what it's called. Yeah. It's a, it's the air tank of self-contained breathing. So yeah. Yeah, so he cut the top off of it and flipped it upside down and made a nice uh, wooden base for it. So that sits in his kind of entryway, and you can put your umbrellas in there if they're wet. Really a great solution to a a problem that everyone has. 
And then somewhere on his property, he finds a super old vintage axe head that, again, looks like it came from a firefighter. I don't know if a firefighter ended up losing all their gear on his property or what. But um, he he restored the axe, got it up to like a chrome finish. I mean, and you should see it. If you're looking at the video right now, you can see how pitted and rusted the metal is when he started out. I mean, it was completely gone. So he, he found that he, he found that axe in a tree on his property. That's so crazy. <laughs> About 10 or yeah. 15 years ago, and he left it there. Oh, he, left one it day he knew it was there, <laughs> and he said... Back. He said, one day I'll come back, and then and then when he heard about the challenge, he did the other thing, and he's like, I should make something else, because he got the other thing done so early. And he found this axe head, and he said, no, I'm going to make, I'm, I'm, I'm going to restore that axe. And he goes through, he shows every process he does on it, and uh, he makes it, like, almost new, but he left the pitting, which was cool. He left the pitting in the middle, just to show... Uh, that it was an old beat-up axe. Yeah, I like that it shows the history. Polished. And not only that, but, it, I mean, he, he pulled out some woodworking out of nowhere. I didn't know he was a woodworker at all, but he got some, was it, oh, what was the wood, hickory? Oh, he's not a woodworker. He went to a buddy of his house to find wood. <laughs> okay. And then he made a the handle wood- for the axe. Somewhere in one of his posts, the wood was uh, an old wedding thing, a live edge wedding seating chart to an axe handle blank to an almost finished handle. But he carved that all out himself, and it looks like he's using an angle grinder to shape the handle. (laughs) That's incredible. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think he did a really great job on that axe. It doesn't look like somebody starting out restored that axe and made that handle. That really looks like... A professionally well done job. For those of you who aren't watching, he did this on a garbage can in his driveway. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't following along with the whole story. So if you're not it's making because a- you think you need a fancy workshop, let Andrizzy be the proof that you don't. You can even work outside with an angle grinder on a trash can and you there can make is. beautiful stuff. Oh, that's And mm. over the course of this, he finds an anvil. Was that in the tree as well? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. That's a nice looking anvil. He wrote a caption. He said, found this gem in the mud while helping someone move a lawnmower. They offered it to me as long as I don't sell it. Uh, I'm going to buy a lottery ticket next time I hang out with him. That sounded creepy. I've never hung out with you before in Drizzy, but I hope you show up at Maker Camp. Well, does this lead us into... Something special. I think it does. I mean, we've we've highlighted some of the makers who have participated in the challenge. Again, we weren't not able to get to everybody, which we're le- leading up to the top three makers for the Make What You Fear challenge. The top three in no particular order. We're going to have different prize packs, though. Want me to read out the different prize packs? Does it not matter who? Maybe gets what? do the prize pack before each person. Okay, can I do that. All right. So, because it is a lot, me... it's hard to keep track of all of it. So let's split it up <laughs> before we say who it goes to. So much stuff. So much stuff. <laughs> so we have a maritime gift card, some vesting finish, saber tooth burrs, 
O'Keefe's Working Hands, and a Waffle Beaver Notebook. Is one prize pack. And without saying any names, let's just go ahead and pull up their post and yeah, describe what we see. Uh, Dad <laughs> will describe this one. It loads. It loads. <laughs> there we go. So this is somebody that I keep saying is the Beatles of this challenge because if it came <laughs> down to who had the most original idea for the Make What You Fear Challenge, it comes down to this big old hunk of granite stone that was carved into with, I'm sure, many, many hours of work and sweat and tears and at some point urine. (laughs) (laughs) This is a rock turned into a shop urinal. And uh, this was brought from our guy, Matt, over at First Do Constructions. And it's just, it's incredible. And not only stone carving, but also plumbing, woodworking. Just being able to mount this on his shop wall is quite a feat as well. Because we just learned that the weight of this stone urinal is, what was it? 79 pounds. 79 pounds. I, I guessed 65. I thought it was going to be pretty close. <laughs> and here, here we can see... His journey started all the way back on February 7th. He didn't even use the full four months to get it done. No, by the looks of it, he had to wait for the snow to die down before he'd get at the rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing, though. It really is. And all kinds of construction tools were used. He used a concrete gas-powered saw to cut a flat side on it. A lot of different fancy attachments for angle grinders, diamond cutting stone bits. I'm sure that he spent a lot of money on tooling for getting this stone carved down the way he did. I'd like to know the original weight of that stone, too. That was probably 120 pounds when he started. Because he took quite a bit out of it. Looks like it, for sure. He cut one side off to make it flat. Cut a hole out of the side. But yeah, he made a urinal. I mean, how many people at the start of this competition said, oh, you know what I think I'll see? A urinal. <laughs> no, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people would have thought knives. They would have thought, you know, a woodworking project thrown in here or there. Maybe cornhole boards, yeah. but nobody would have thought a urinal. This is one of those projects that will... Oh, I didn't know he, sh- <laughs> he did this video. Oh, no way. I missed this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you're not watching the video right now, you need to go find the video. Go to his his Instagram or click on Spotify and watch this because that is hilarious. <laughs> he cleans his hands with WD forty. So that'll, uh, that'll kill everything. <laughs> in the corner, he puts up a. He's a fireman, and he puts up uh, he puts up a photo of a fire hydrant just above the urinal he carved. He even puts one of those urinal uh, scented blocks urinal inside there. Yeah. Yeah. Got everything. Yeah. Oh, that's a project that's going to go down in history. I don't think. That's a good one. I don't think that's ever going to leave our podcast. That'll be an inside joke for the rest of our lives. I love it. <laughs> uh, better than being outside. So congratulations, Matt. Uh, the prizes that we read earlier will all be uh, will be sent to you. Yeah, we'll be reaching out to a bunch of you to give you some prize packs. Get your addresses. 
Who's my what's? Which prize pack you want to do next? I'll go. I'll go with the uh, next. The next prize pack we have is uh, we grouped up the Maker Camp uh, weekend pass, Total Boat, Waffle Beaver, and O'Keefe's. And uh, this one is going to go to Chris Powell for Full Steam Designs. He made a um, what do you, what do you call that? For um, not forging. Casted. Casted in a foundry. Uh, casted gas cap for a hot rod. Hold on, hold on. Let me take this one. Okay, so Chris has a 3D printer. He got into Fusion 360. I was, I, I was getting all that. You, you jumped to the end. I got this one. This is this is up my this is my alley <laughs> right here. People want to know what he made. We could go over how he made it after I announced what he made. Well, you already said what he but made. Go ahead. So, this is your wheelhouse. So Go he started it. from the beginning. He he modeled it up in Fusion 360 from scratch. And he, it's not just a standard gas cap that screws on, but it actually has like a lever action that clamps down on itself. So it's got lots of moving parts on it. And from Fusion 360, he then took his 3D printer and he 3D printed the pieces. So he was able to test it out, make sure it worked. But not only stopping at 3D printing, he took the 3D print and then did an aluminum an aluminum casting of it. So he had to purchase a furnace, Devil's Furnace, the Devil Forge Furnace, right? Is that what he got? Yep. Crucible, Furnace, yep. Forge, all that, Foundry, all those words. And he... <laughs> words, words, words. Did he do a lost casting of the, the PLA? I can't remember. No. No, he, oh, he did pressed impression it. Casting. Impressions, pressed it sand casting, and uh, I made his mold from there and melted up some. I think he did some cans. He did some of that aluminum extrusion. Put that all into the furnace, poured it in, and uh, just it's amazing to see that he was able to go from from the computer to a three D printer to a solid piece of metal that functions as a gas cap. Really. Really incredible. Don't it's inspiring. The guy, the guy started. And he didn't die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guy started with uh, uh, the 3D print, right? He gets that done, and then he melts down. He buys the foundry. What is it? Found, a forge? Furnace? It's a furnace. He buys the furnace, and he melts down <laughs> old parts of his shop, and he makes bucks that he melts down later. And then he had to build the. What is? What are these things called that he built? Like apple I'd boxes just call or something. A mold. <laughs> yeah. And they get to put... make the boxes to go around it. He had to get the the specific sand. I guess that's yeah. talc powder, right? Yeah, like baby powder, talcum powder. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's just used as yeah as a release. So cool. Here it is. Oh, there's. He's got his three yeah. D printed here. Um, and then he tried a. Uh, Plastic mold or wax mold, and then went to his final aluminum casted part. Amazing, very cool. That's pretty sharp. And that's also going on his wooden roadster that he's making. So just really cool to see him putting all these elements together to create this really unique car. Hot rod. Also the way that to, clips in. He hand hammered the uh, the panel that goes underneath that as well. If you're looking oh, yeah. at the picture, he uh, used a planishing hammer, I think, 
and he goes into it in the video, but that's that's a lot of handwork that he did to make that piece just for that yeah. gas cap to sit there. Yeah, now he needs a gas tank. <laughs> Chris is a master at shaping metal. I think uh, the the real growing for him was the uh, the transformation from three D print to uh, the metal casting. That's something he's never done before. Yeah, the me- the metal shaping is definitely something that's he's done before for sure. Oh, cool! Very we inspiring. Did metal casting in college, and uh, it was cool to do, but the amount of work that goes into into it, there's a lot of work in there. Like I would never want to do it now. And if I went to Chris's shop and he had everything set up, maybe. But other than that, <laughs> I guess now with like 3D prints is a little easier. When we did it, we used to have to make the, what'd you call it? The, where you lose it? The, we would carve it out of styrofoam. Lost. Yeah, the lost. Yeah, we would lost carve it casting. out of styrofoam. You burn out the styrofoam as it goes. But very cool, Chris. Congratulations. Yeah. Not to mention that can be dangerous if you don't have the uh, moisture in the sand correct becomes a mess because if you get any water down in there it could be uh, very dangerous that's terrifying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well water expands 1600 right, times that's, <laughs> that's it that's it, all yeah. we have today no our last prize pack <laughs> is a ccw router sled with uh some o'keefe's working hands and some waffle beaver notebooks and that is going to go to Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Don't say the name yet. <laughs> you were going to say, say the, the name. name. You were you were about no, to wasn't. give the name away. No, I wasn't. <laughs> okay, continue on. I, kn- I know how to do this, Chad. You messed up not on the last one, time. but that's okay. I'll, I'll let that one we've slide. We've gone through 50 names today, Chad. <laughs> not really, but we've been doing this for quite some time. I think I'm prepared. I think you need to drink some Rise and Grind. You're getting a little sleepy over there. You got any Rise and Grind? Maritime yes. Knife Supply, go get your coffee. <laughs> I love that this is a video podcast. <laughs> you can see the disdain on both our faces. Anyway, Tony, oh. guess that last prize back. No, don't say the name. <laughs> Describe. Okay, I'll, I'll show you how it's done. This is a person. <laughs> Somebody mute him, please. That if you have not been on Instagram following the hashtag from the very beginning, then shame on you. This is a person who has developed many skills that they probably had Chad. no business Chad, doing. Chad, mm-hmm. I'll take it from here. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Ch- Tony, would you like to describe well, this? This is, a, this is a gentleman that's generally a woodworker and has decided to not only build his own forge uh, with some uh, fire brick and then he uh, then he went on to make two knives one from a saw blade and another one for, from a I think what you call a farrier's rasp so and uh, <laughs> we've had a lot of fun following along with this guy yeah, so he's, he's got, got a stock removal posts. knife he's got a forging knife I mean, we've got different types of handle making. We've got a micarta made out of, what was it? It was cut-resistant gloves, right? Epoxy and yep. cut-resistant gloves for one of the handles. The other yep. handle was like crystal clear epoxy and then filed down. 
Um, I mean, the journey that this man had to go through. I mean, he even went to the Hammer Inn and got coached by Uncle Sam Metalworks on the uh, the forging and the shaping of the blades. Yeah, they did some weird bonding stuff at the grinder. Oh yeah, they had that ghost moment together. That was that was really cute. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of things he did, and he he kept us un un updated every step of the way was awesome absolutely amazing the journey this guy went on from the quenching and screwing up the quenching and then fixing the quenching his frying pan I, I, anvil that he used to flatten his blade down <laughs> yeah yeah he even got that nice flamed up quench when I did the quench on mine I, I didn't get any of that cool stuff I was very disappointed <laughs> you quenched yours in oil I did I love how you take uh, the winners and turn it into your into your story. It's about Chad. My name is to Chad. Tony. Tony was supposed to announce this one, and when I asked Tony to join, you, you say, "Oh, that's not how you do it." And then, and then you take a little bit of Ed Shine. Talk. Oh, you about just your said night. the name. You just said the name. <laughs> Good we've job. Been talking about, we've been talking about him for five minutes. I think if people don't under, don't know who it is by this point, they if you've made it this long been the podcast, along. you know <laughs> that this winner is Ed Johns. Well, I just wanted to say that Ed Johns' journey did not end at just the knife making itself, but he also got into video editing. He downloaded Sony Vegas. He learned that whole program with, I think, within the last week. And he produced a YouTube video to go along with his entire journey. So not only did he make two knives, but he also brought us all along for the story the entire way through. I haven't the YouTube video yet. He did uh, yeah. leather sheaths on both. Oh, yeah, he did He sheaths. did a hand-tooled leather sheath. <laughs> we didn't even get to the handles yet. So he did a saw blade knife. He did a forged knife from uh, a file, right? The saw blade yep, knife grass. was stock removal. On that, he did a micarta handle with the rip-resistant gloves. That's correct. Um, on the forged knife, which is a file knife, he brought up to the hammer and forged up there. He did a epoxy, clear epoxy handle so you could still see the file as it continued through. And he did a wet-formed leather sheath for one of the handles, and then he did a hand-tooled leather sheath and dyed it for the forged knife. That's a lot of work. And can one of you describe the release that he made for the Farrier's Rasp knife? He he bought a special mechanism from... Uh, what is that fancy store called where you can buy all the components? McMaster Car. Yes, he purchased that and made this crazy locking system for his um, his, his blue dyed sheath here. You just flip it out with your finger, and it pops out of place. You can pull it right out. Really cool. Yeah, it's similar to what you'd see on a, uh, a pistol holster. It uh, locks in on the heel of the uh, the knife so that you can't pull it pull it out without uh, releasing that latch. And that's the latch he's made out of, out of I think, I believe he'd made it out of copper pipe, did he not? Yeah, it looks like it. Is he... That he's yeah. bent over. Yep. That's pretty cool. Shows that somewhere. I think he bends it over on his uh, homemade anvil. <laughs> oh, where he? Is that just in a story? Maybe it's in the YouTube video. 
I think it's in the YouTube video, actually. I remember watching that. If you don't know, his, his YouTube video is hilarious. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. Anyway, congrats to uh, Matt, Chris, and Ed. We'll be reaching out for addresses and the like. Yeah, some really great prizes headed your guys' way. And we just want to thank all the sponsors and everyone who donated to the prizes for this entire competition. It would not have been possible without all of you. So we don't, I mean, we're giving away the three prize packs. We would also like to give away some other uh, O'Keefe's, some more notebooks, some work on hands gear to a bunch of the others um, that we fought over coming up to this point. <laughs> uh to pick these three so uh if you've been listening those would be the last seven prior to those top three so that's going to be illustrated lefty uh hatch made it son uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> carla over at the real black poppy woodworks david dave beth with makes uh noah smiling wolf workshop uh eSpoke studios and andrizy makes so we thank you all Thank you all for listening. And watching. And, and watching. Being, and being a part of this journey. It's been really incredible seeing everyone's growth throughout this entire thing. We will say on Wednesday, we will be releasing our final photos for the three of us. And then you guys get to vote and pick what we did. And we can argue about that next week. Um, if you guys want to give your... Uh, <laughs> Your quick Ooh. elevator pitch for what you're putting in and the and why people should vote for you. Now's the time because we're going to sign off and go to the after show soon. So let's start with Chad. Chad, why should people choose yours <laughs> in this voting? Well, if you're not already part of hashtag this, Team Chad, then this is going to take a while. My whole goal I for... I said the elevator pitch. Okay. We're so, on floor one. We're going to go to floor two. No, go ahead. Sure. Do your <laughs> so I, oh I really wanted to include other makers in, in the piece that I made. Ding, so. that's all the time we have. Oh, Tony. <laughs> Uncle Sam Metalworks, Hickory Homestead Creations, and Waffle Beaver all sent me different materials to use for a piece, and I ended up making a knife with the three different materials that they sent me, and... I have no business making a knife. I've never even sharpened a knife before. When I was a kid, my mom said I couldn't have knives. So this was quite a journey for me. It definitely took me over 30 hours to get to this point here. I know I'm team procrastinator, and I understand if that is a factor in your votes for me. But I think once you see the quality of the piece that I made compared to the other two judges of the show, your votes will be directed at... Uh, team chad so thank you for your votes i'm thanking you in advance go ahead i believe i believe we're hosts of the show not judges of the show yeah oh did i say that host other host we were we weird. had to be judges earlier it sucked it was not fun at all i think next year we let the community do all the uh the <laughs> deliberation 100 percent. that was not fun at all guys you made it really really hard yeah so I guess I'll go next. You done, Chad? Do you have it to you show done? us on you the done? screen? No, I do not have it. Tony is <laughs> like a ninja in this competition. I have made an awful mess of it. I um, So as everybody may or may not, well, yeah, may or may not know, I'm making a wooden knife. I've been heard it called a letter opener quite a bit, and that's pretty much all it's going to cut. Um, out of a curly maple blade and... I'm not sure of the species of the wood, but or of the handle, but uh, I've made a, an awful mess of it today. 
and had to remake the entire thing today. So I've been a little frustrated. <laughs> but I will have something for Wednesday to show people. Sounds good. I've I've gotten a few uh, little tips and taste of it, and I think everyone's in for a treat. So definitely get a good look at it because uh, Tony's done a good job, and it's cool to see him continue yeah, on as a woodworker. I had it all glued up and went out today, figured it would be all done. I just have to lightly sand it, and it just it, glue hadn't set. I went to pull it apart, and the tip got broke off it. The handle got broke. It was complete yard sale <laughs> so but i was lucky enough to have enough uh, uh nick from nb Woodfinery was good enough to give me enough that i had enough material there to make a second one so i very quickly went into scramble mode and about three hours later i've got something presentable at this point so very good very good Keith, what? How about you, Keith? Which of the five do you want to use for your elevator pitch? Remember, I'm going to do, do all of them. <laughs> I'm going to do all of them because while you boys are all off making knives, one knife each. What is this? You're uh, pulling I, up the screen. Hold on, oh, yeah. I didn't have the screen uh, to show everyone. <laughs> this isn't if fair. You look, if you look at the bottom of here, it says share screen. You didn't use the technology, kids. <laughs> okay, boomer. So, <laughs> I restored. Um, an old bandsaw, and I gave it a custom paint job. I'm sure you guys have all seen that by now. You've all heard the stories. Um, go back. This is what it looks like finished. If you want to do the official entry, we could go with that. But I also went out of my comfort zone, signed up for a class. I learned how to weld. I got myself a 2x72 grinder kit, and I built it. I built it, so we have that. You assembled. Product, as you see here. I would say I fabricate. I fabricated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there are some pre-cut pieces, but you still have to cut yours. So, so what yeah. was that grinder doing to you the last time you used it? We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> so it'll take your in arm my off. time. In my time, I, I've spent. I, I I went and I took a class. I learned how to weld. I I restored a bandsaw. I made that sign behind me there. Right. I even. In the last two days, just to show you boys up, I made myself a knife. <laughs> whoa, 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 hold I, I on mean, now. I don't know what takes you four months to do this, but I made one in a couple days here. This is not your first knife. you got to be honest with everyone. What? No. How many knives it, have you made? I've never made a knife. What? I have handled knives before. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Just one or two. But I, I put this handle on, and this is the first time I ever had to do this on my 2x72. I didn't have one before that, so that was something I feared. It doesn't matter, Chad. All these things, you made one knife, and you finished <laughs> yesterday at 1150. <laughs> this is like a political know. debate over here. It's getting nasty. <laughs> it is getting nasty. But if I only have to put in one item, I'll put in my bands. I will say that is a beautifully Custom well paint done job. bandsaw. Some looks ghosted great. logos in there. It's and, nice. And if I was to give props to somebody who did not wait till the very end to start working on this challenge, that would be Keith. I mean, he really has been on this challenge from the very beginning, and I think he should score some serious points for that. Tony, I think, has as well. He's just a ghost on Instagram. You can't get him to post. I've been working on that this whole time. So, Chad... 
Why don't you do this? You know what? I'm I'm gonna pull you up over here. Pull me up. Talk about. It. I'm scared. Are you breaking up with me? So, <laughs> see here when you etch it here. Mm-hmm. I see have this. the the whole team Chad. Yes. Who's team Chad? Who is team Chad? Yeah. That would be um, Uncle Sam Metalworks, Adam. Uh huh. That's who mm-hmm. sent me the metal, the Damascus steel. I've mm-hmm. got Adrian at Hickory Homestead Creations. She sent me the yep. chestnut that I used for the handle. And Bryce over at Waffle Beaver sent me the HDPE that I used as the blade handle liner. So let's get into this blade that you see here, this Damascus pattern mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. blade. See mm-hmm. it? Yes. The Damascus. Who made the Damascus? Adam made the Damascus for me. He did. He did. So there's more people that worked on this Damascus than you think. Good. What? <laughs> I yep. didn't know this. Oh, here well, we go. Is Team didn't. Chad no. growing? Team Chad is growing. This East is Folks exciting. But the twist. What? On that Damascus. No way. Yes. That's Salt awesome. My own two eyes. Thank you yeah. so much. That's so cool. That's That's been a secret to me. How does that make you feel on the inside, yeah. knowing that... I feel uh, like maybe next year you do something on your own. That's that's <laughs> what I think. What do you mean? You mean like that... Okay, I'm, I'm not attacking you. You, you. you can bring it on. I'll take it. If you feel that the raw materials that they sent to me were not fair, if it was against the challenge, then I will concede right now. See what happens. Let's see what happens on the vote. Tony, we what do you vote? have to say about this? I'm staying out of this one. You two can battle it out. <laughs> Smart man. How are we doing the voting? I think it's going to have to be one singular post that we post on the Working Hands podcast account on Instagram. That's where people will have to get vote. There will be no anonymous voting. So if you're too scared to let us know who you're voting for, just bow out now. We will do a post where <laughs> each of us either have a quick clip or video of it. It'll be like a carousel. And you'll be able to see the three final pieces that we will be entering in for our. Are we going to vote for the story? No, just have them comment. They can comment from Wednesday till when are we going to record next? Be like Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, something like that. Okay, let's well, let's, Monday. Let's end it on Sunday. So Wednesday to Sunday, we end the voting. We'll say it here now. And then we'll tabulate the comments. Whoever has the most will be declared the winner of the three hosts of the Working Hands podcast and gets bragging rights for an entire year until we do this challenge again. <laughs> I love how you just let my video keep playing over and over again. Can you can you play the last video that I did? I was really proud of it. I set the lights. This is more this is more Eastbrook Studios twist video. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. And, and Uncle Sam's. <laughs> but you can see her twist. You can see her twist in the final video as well. And I felt like I was harnessing my inner Keith because you're you're a lot, you're a photographer. So I dimmed the lights. I got out my fancy softbox. And I set the knife up, got the shadows just right, and you're not going to show it. You're going to Tony's post. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to vote, you'll find our post from Wednesday. Uh, I'll post it up. And and then in the comment, if you want to vote, you just write in Team Blackthorn as your comment. (laughs) 
No comment. No comment on that. Fine. It's fair. The truth will be revealed on Sunday. And none of this campaigning. I don't want you sending private DMs to people asking them to go vote for you. Just let it sit and let it ride. Why? Let it be. Why? Don't you go <laughs> paying not? for comments or any of that crazy New Jersey stuff you're going to pull on oh, oh, like I want to hear <laughs> YouTube videos? Come on. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. Jeez. <laughs> oh, hey, I oh, play to win. Too. Hey, this is I starting to win. This is starting to sound like an after show here, so I think this would be a good time to uh, have our closing remarks. Keith, why don't you go ahead and hit that? If you want to find Chad, you can find him at Chad's Custom Creations on all of your socials. If you want to find Tony, he's at Woodland Iron. I'm at Blackthorn Concepts. If you want to find the collective three of us, you can find us at Working Hands Podcast, either on IG or Gmail. Leave us a, a review or rating on the podcatcher of your choice. And if you'd like to support us, you can support us on Patreon. And if you don't want to do that, you can share the show with all of your friends. With that, let's go to the after show, boys. Alvita say. Later. Make what you fear. <laughs>